Friends, what follows is not for the faint of heart. We bring you tales of the paranormal, human wickedness, the curious, and the bizarre. Please, if you continue, proceed with caution and an open mind. We are the Queen City Creeps. Hello and welcome to Queen City Creeps, your favorite podcast for all things true crime, paranormal, and just a little bit weird. This is Sarah, and I am here with Shelby. I refuse to say hello this time. I do it every time. And Jennifer. Hey. See, she did it. Traitor. Hmm. I'm sorry. We talked about this, man. (laughs) We are here to bring you a spine-tingling tale as featured on Ryan Murphy's American Horror Story, Coven, which is actually one of my favorite seasons of that. That, yeah, that one was a good one. That's definitely... Once I, I went to the circus one, I stopped watching. Yeah, me too. The cir- it was, really? The freak the show? I hated I didn't that like the one. Show one. Oh, I goddamn love the freak and show. And I kind of liked... like that one, though. I kind of liked Roanoke a Could, little bit. No, hold on. I feel personally attacked. What kind of shit was that? <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like that's your type of show. Huh. Okay, then. Interesting. I mean, it's not an insult. That's, it's just like, it felt, I feel like you would like it. If you feel like that was a little bit in a judgmental tone please raise your hand shelby and i are both raising our hands yeah well motion pass i didn't mean it as an unjudgmental tone but you know Hmm. Hmm. anyway so my opening question is when is a time that someone disrespected you in your own home and this could be a roommate situation that lives there with you or it could be someone that you invited your house they were rude they were did something to your belongings in your house, something like that, whatever you can come up with. Hmm. Hmm. Nothing? I feel like mine is a series of mutual disrespects. <laughs> yeah. Um, a, a friend of mine at one point, whenever I was I was living with a, a girl that I was friends with, we weren't romantically involved at all. Is this the one you used to watch porn with? <laughs> Occasionally. Cool. <laughs> but cool. we weren't romantically involved at all, so that was always uncomfortable. Not uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable by the time it was done, and I'm just like, well, I guess I'll just go to bed then. <laughs> but uh, she she was dating a friend of mine, kind of on and off again, and he pretty much like showed up at the house one day and then never left. What? But then like didn't pay bills. He was kind of there for a long time. Um, yeah. And, was in every night. Yeah, I mean, he he lived there for all intents and purposes. Uh, and he, you allowed that? I, Jennifer, I'm... You're too nice? Is that what you're saying? I'm really nice. I'm a drunk. I wasn't home a lot anyway. (laughs) I was aware that he was there, but only like... Because I I was teaching music at the time, so I was like in and out of the house throughout the course of the day. I didn't have like a day job, really. I would go do a thing, and I'd come back if I had time in between. So I'd be home for like two or three hours in the course of like a normal work day. And he was just like always there. He didn't work. So I I got frustrated by that. And we're actually like... we're, We're... we're still pretty good friends, actually. This whole situation has kind of soured me for a little while. But also, I was randomly bringing people home a lot and having loud, annoying sex in the other room. And I mean, But I, they eventually was... left well, after so... the loud, annoying sex. Right. Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, they, they'd still stay in the house. But at the same time, I, I ended up moving out of that situation. And it was... Uh, whenever I left, I moved in with another couple, like an idiot, that also didn't go well, but that's not really the point. Mm-hmm. Huh. And I I didn't, like, break the lease. The lease was up in a month, and I said, hey, fuck it. You've already got my money for this month. I'm going to go, and I'll come back. So the deposit was entirely my name because the roommate that had lived there before her 
had left his half of the deposit. Yeah. Oh, so okay. all the deposit is on me at this point. So I came back after, you know, a little bit less than a month, and the house was in not in good shape. I mean, like... Within a, whole, a month? Yeah. Damn. There were there were a few, like, holes in the wall that I think maybe were there before I moved out, and I just didn't know about them. Yeah. But then there was some other, other weird shit that went on that I wasn't a big fan of. They'd gotten a dog at the last minute, and the dog had shit on literally everything. For, and they, like, hadn't cleaned it up. So I was Ugh. there, like, scrubbing dog shit off of, like, vinyl wood-looking flooring. Hey, for... that sounds like when you came to visit my dogs. It is like that, except for that was, like, concrete. Yeah. And this was like that weird, like, textured grain vinyl flooring. Ew. So it took some doing. So I mm. spent, like, three days fixing this house, like, p- patching sheet, wa- sheet rock, sorry, uh, and repainting and scrubbing dog shit off of every known surface and everything else. By the end of the whole thing, I actually got everything but $30 of the deposit back, so I was pretty proud of that. But I did not really interact with those people for a little while after that. Hmm. Makes sense. Hmm. I feel like that could... That was, like, kind of depressing. Well, like, I was also a dick, if that helps anything. Oh, okay. Because, Literally. yeah. Like, yeah. whenever I'd get fed up, I'd just be really passive-aggressive about it. Like, no! Was that an example of me being passive-aggressive? Is that what you just did there? I think that was more a reaction to me being like, that doesn't surprise me. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not... Wow, Sarah. I'm not an out-and-out dick, but I'll be a dick. Just, it might take a minute for it to settle in. That's true. That's true. I've heard you say shitty things to people that they did not realize were shitty at all, and I was like, oh, fuck, that was awesome. It's always so fun, because I know that they go home at night, and then it sinks in while they're laying in bed, and they're like, why do I hang out with Shelby? (laughs) Yes. Okay, Sarah, what about you? Well, I live with a toddler, so, like, every day is a day full of constant, you know, disrespectfulness. Like, her telling me just to go away, Mom. Leave me alone. Get and you provide for her. Fuck yeah. out of my house then. Yeah, exactly. I know. She really just needs to get a job. Essentially. Really. Agree. Um, but I just go back to when I was younger and I lived with this girl and she was super sweet and super nice, like pretty quiet, you know, nothing nothing really that weird about her. Um, but we both worked a lot and I would bring home leftovers. And, like, I'm bad to eat leftovers, as we all know. Yeah. And so, like, if something was in the fridge, it was pretty much fair game if it was leftovers because she, like, worked way more than I – I mean, not more, but was less social than I was. But if it was Chinese food, I was like, you do not eat my leftover Chinese food because I will come home drunk and I am going to want to eat it. You'll fight somebody. And I will fight somebody. Yeah. And she always ate my fucking Chinese food. Always. Like but you even, laid down the law and yes, said, do not eat my Chinese Yes, after the first time, food. I was like, I don't really care if you eat, because she was like a scavenger, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, oh, it would drive me absolutely bonkers. Like, and I felt like, it's just she didn't give a fuck. I was like, just go out and get your own Chinese food. And what was annoying is there's a really good Chinese place, literally like down the block from our apartment. Yeah. Because we didn't know each other before we lived together. And I was like, just walk. Just walk and get your own damn Chinese food. But no, she would always eat mine. And it, it caused strife. A lot of strife. <laughs> No one comes between you and your Chinese food. I love Chinese food. You do. I love Chinese food <sighs> so much. <laughs> it's real. You know what I mean? Like, there have been plenty of other – but I've told stories, like, about my uncle's, like, shitty boyfriend, you yeah. know, and right. he being disrespectful there. And, I, I mean, I guess the people that, like, would come to your house for a party and then try and give your dogs booze, like, I hate those people. 
I hate those people so much. Does that happen often? Yes, oh, it would happen. And that's shitty. I know. So like that, those people annoy the fuck out of me. It's so disrespectful. I remember walking out after a party here one time and seeing a like a Tupperware container on the floor with like a, a pretty large amount of like Guinness in it, some really dark beer. Yeah. And I was like, I was upset for Roxo, but like Roxo enjoys beer now and again. <laughs> There I was more upset that they dumped Guinness in a bucket and put it on the put it on the floor. Which, like, that's wasteful. Just yeah. ask. You know what I mean? Like, just ask. It's not that big of a deal. This is really just us ranting about roommates. Essentially. Basically. I also have a few roommate stories. I will keep it short. Um, I'll try to. So, in college, I had this really fucking disrespectful roommate. And the dorm that I was living in, it had... I technically had suite mates, so there was a main common area. There was a bathroom that we all shared in those three rooms, and each of the rooms had two people in it. So okay. there was six total girls, possibly. And yeah. that is just a shit show to start with. Yeah. Anyway. Yes, definitely. So my specific roommate that lived in the room with me, she, like, just we never got along. Like, she was m- very much a partier. I was not. Definitely at 18. But also, she was just, she never cleaned anything, ever. It was just a fucking shit show on her side. And on my side, it was pretty clean. Mm-hmm. But also, she was known to, like, leave her, like, cereal bowls with milk still in it for the entire weekend. While I was, like, gone, I went home or something. She would leave it out. She would also leave. So there was just a bowl of fermented milk, essentially, like, in our room. And it Ugh. would stink the but, oh my god, it was so bad. Like, I almost threw up once when I walked in there. And I'm passive-aggressive, so I wrote her fucking notes and be like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? You need to not do this. Did you stick it on the bowl? <laughs> I, stuck, I stuck it, like, right near it. Yeah. Ew, I, I was what? gonna say, if you stick a passive-aggressive post note on the bowl she's already ignoring, do you think she's gonna see <laughs> it? Well, she's for sure gonna smell what what happened, what she did when she walked in there. <laughs> Because there was no, like, smell not... Smell what you did. You smell what you did. <laughs> but also, she... I, I don't know if, if you guys experience this, but I feel like I don't like it when people hook up with someone else, like, three feet from you. Like, yeah, I know hook it's up. Okay, so Sorry. she definitely did that while I was asleep, but I wasn't really asleep and she was very loud. I didn't know this guy. He, sl- he slept over like three feet from me. I was you, just like, I'm not into it. You sound like a real creep right now. You know that? <laughs> where you're sitting what up. What the fuck? What is I like? Where you're sitting up listening to people bang. You're, uh, you should be ashamed of yourself. Well, at that <laughs> point, they thought I was asleep and I had woken up like midway, like through them, not like having sex or whatever, but like. Canoodling. They'd already. Canoodling? Yeah, they'd yes. already started to get intimate. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Like, I'm also young. I don't know. I've never been in that situation where someone's hooking up right next to me. I'm like. I don't know if I should leave, but then that's my fucking bed. Like, I'm going to stay in here and sleep. Like, this is my bed. I'm not going to go out in the fucking couch, which is not comfortable. Fuck you. Like, I'm going to stay here, but I'm going to be pissed about it. (laughs) But we also had... And that's when Jennifer experienced a sexual awakening. (laughs) Is he done? Can I go to bed now? It really didn't take very long, let's be real. Like, it took, I don't know, maybe a couple minutes. That's, That's about it. Okay. But I have one more, and it's my sweet mate. She was just dirty. Like, <laughs> dirty. Give her name and home address. <laughs> uh, also, we had six girls in there, okay? 
One was named Sammy, one was named Sam, and one was named Samantha. That's a fucking too much. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, they don't screen those where they put people together, apparently. No. Ugh. But one of the Samanthas, she was dirty as shit. She barely brushed her hair. <laughs> and the dirtiest thing that she's, I think, done that I know of is that she would leave her, like, used pads, like, menstrual pads, just, like, chilling in her room. Like, it was not, like, Ew. folded up and, like, put in the trash. It was just laying everywhere. And I'm glad I didn't share a room with her because that is fucking gross. Like a bloody mouse trap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Oh, God. But, yeah, I was just like, I can't. After that, I was very cautious about who I was going to room with. I'm like, fuck this. That's understandable. Like, that's how you mm-hmm. get bears with hepatitis. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. Okay. We for Night, sure need to get. both know that. <laughs> we for sure need to start this story before it gets to be like an hour. Anyway. So my story is about the New Orleans Axeman. Mm-hmm. So. Axeman. Axeman. Okay. Sorry, not like X-Men, like X-Men. <laughs> Multiple axes. Charles no. Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> so for over a year from May 1918 to October 1919, the city of New Orleans was in a frenzied panic over a roaming serial killer dubbed the Axeman. The first to, to succumb to the sharp blade of the Axeman um, was an Italian grocer named Joseph Maggio and his wife Catherine. On- Maggio? Maggio? Maggio. Like not Mazio's, like like Joe DiMaggio. Oh, yeah, dang it, less exciting. And that was on May twenty third, nineteen eighteen. As they lay sleeping in their apartment above the Maggio's grocery store, the killer cut the couple's throat with a razor blade before bashing in their heads with an axe. Holy fuck! Yeah, overkill. So by axe, are we talking guitar, or are we literally talking like a hatchet? Like a hatchet. Just clarifying. Oh, it's going to be the blunt end of like a a chopping wood axe. If you're going to cave their skulls in instead of just chopping things. Yeah. I don't know. The other end of it, I mean, whatever. I don't really care. I don't know. (laughs) Why did he use a razor blade to cut their throats and then chop their heads open? Well, that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like, that seems like a lot of overkill to me. That's true. But um, when law enforcement began to investigate, they found the bloody clothes of the murderer as he had obviously changed into a clean set of clothes before fleeing the scene. Smart. That is smart. Um, police ruled out robbery as motivation for the attacks as money and valuables left in plain sight were not stolen by the intruder. Hmm. So his like intent was just to kill. Just to go in and murder somebody. Murder yeah. the fuck out of somebody. I feel like even if that was my intent, if I saw some cash sitting there, I'd be like, all right. That I know, bills. right? I would too, honestly. Yeah, I would too. I don't care if I'm a fucking millionaire that decided to go out killing on the weekends or whatever. I'm still like, 10 bucks? That's 10 bucks, man. <laughs> exactly. Jesus. They don't need it. So, and 10 bucks back in the day was a lot. Yeah. That was like $100. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Near the couple's home, a message written in chalk read, Mrs. Joseph Maggio will sit up tonight. Just write Mrs. Tony. So investigators immediately questioned several people, but all were released for lack of evidence. So that's weird. So was it just the husband that was killed or the husband and wife? Because why would Mrs. Maggio's husband? Or be sitting no, up. they he cut the couple's throats, oh. so like both of them died. Oh, weird. yeah. So here's the second attack. A little more than a month later, another couple was attacked in the early morning hours of June 27, 1918. So this is just yeah, a little more than a month later. Louis Bessemer, a grocer, another this, grocer. Maybe he just wants to kill all the grocers. Yeah. Maybe it's like a grocery takeover. Maybe he's a rival grocer. Yeah. Ah! That was my instant thought. Is that it's obviously like a rival grocer that just wants all these grocery guys to fucking die 
That to fucking die. To yes. fucking die. Yeah. So it was um, Louis Bessemer and his mistress Harriet Lowe lived in quarters at the back of the store. When no one opened the store in the morning, they were discovered lying in a pool of blood. Bessemer had been struck with an axe above his right temple, and Lowe was hacked over the left ear. Though badly injured, both were still alive. What? Yeah. I know. Hmm. Well, he's not a serial killer yet, Jennifer. He's only killed two people. Yeah, that's true. Um, Once again, people were questioned and one man arrested, but they were later released. So, though the crime made the newspapers, a bigger note to some was the scandal of the mistress. Of course, that's what they like. (laughs) Of course. Right. It's like, so you're telling me he almost died, but like, next to who? (laughs) Right. Oh, God. At least he wasn't inside of her. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, they're blood and intermingled. Ew. They're blood brothers. It's fine. Oh. After the attack, one side of Lowe's face, who was the mistress, um, was partially paralyzed. And on August 5th, she had surgery performed in an effect to correct it. Two days later, she died. But before she passed, she told authorities that she suspected it was Louis Bessemer who had attacked her. Bessemer was then charged with murder and served nine months in prison before being acquitted on May 1st, 1919, after a 10-minute jury deliberation. So there so, wasn't enough evidence, essentially. This is the guy that hacked himself in the forehead after he attacked her, apparently? How did he hack himself? Right. I don't know. Hmm. hmm. Super weird. Questionable. And then somehow disposed of the axe before the And changed got his there. clothes. And changed his clothes. Right. You gotta look good for the police. Yeah. <laughs> On August 5th, a, a third similar attack was made on Mrs. Edward Schneider. Again, I don't know why they can't say the the her woman's actual, actual name. name. Like, she's Mrs. Edward. Like, shut the fuck up. That's actually her first name. Mrs. Yeah. Edward. Like, it's she doesn't German. have a no, it's a German an name. actual name. Yeah. My name's Shelby. Her name can be Edward. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> but at the time, she was eight months pregnant. No! I know. As the 28-year-old lay in bed, she woke to see a dark figure standing over her, and she was bashed in the face repeatedly. Shortly after midnight, she was discovered by her husband, who was just returning from work. Her scalp had been cut open, and her face was completely covered in blood, but she survived the attack to give birth to a healthy baby girl two days later. Holy fuck! Yeah. This guy's not placing these axe hits well. He's really not. I mean, like, I feel like I think he's axe, kind of fucking with him, too. I feel like an axe is something that you should have a pretty high successful rate, like a success rate on. I also feel like it's less likely that you don't. I mean, it, it's a blunt instrument. It's not like you can really control what you're doing. So to say that he's fucking with him. That's true. I don't think he's trying to not kill these people. I think he's doing his damnedest to kill these yeah. people. He's just bad at it. That's true. Yeah. So, one man was arrested on suspicion, but soon released for lack of evidence, again. But by this time, investigators began to publicly speculate that the attack was related to the previous incidents involving Bessemer and Maggio. Because they weren't connecting them until just now. Until that point. Right. Okay. I mean, a guy running around New Orleans beating people in the head with an axe seems pretty cut and dry as the same person. But <laughs> that's Yeah, just but it was just two instances. <laughs> Oh, jeez. But then this was the third one, and we're like, eh, this is kind of a pattern, guys. This is I'm seeing some similarities here, yeah. y'all. So just five days later, yet another grocer. What the fucking, fuck? Fucking grocers, man. A man named Joseph Romano was attacked on August 10th. 
the elderly grocer lived with his two nieces who woke to the sound or to the sound of a commotion in the adjoining room where their uncle resided. The girls entered Romano's room to find that he had taken a serious blow to his head and saw the assailant was fleeing. The grocer, though seriously injured, was able to walk to the ambulance once it arrived, but he died two days later due to severe head trauma. The girls were able to provide a brief description of the killer, and they said it was a dark-skinned, heavy-set man who wore a dark suit and slouched hat. Slouched hat? Slouched hat. Interesting. Yeah. I don't really know what that means. What is a slouched hat? I don't know. Just a floppy hat? Like a page boy hat? I don't know. Okay. Hmm. Mm. Other clues to the crime were similar to the previous ones, such as the scenes were often ransacked, but nothing was ever stolen. That the killer used the their owner's own hatchets and blades. That panels of doors or windows were chiseled away to gain entry. And that the majority of the victims were Italian. And grocers. And grocers. <laughs> right, they didn't mention that part. Are all Italian people in New Orleans grocers at this point? That's a little offensive. I, I looked it yes. up because but, I was super yes. fucking <laughs> curious. So by the early 20th century, Italians were taking over the corner grocery business. They owned only 7% of grocery stores in New Orleans in 1880, but by 1900, 19% were Italian-owned. And by 1920, they ran fully half of all groceries in the city. Holy shit. It's time to start dropping that number, obviously. Right. I was like, people are feeling threatened, man. But man, like a muffaletta, that's for sure Italian. Yeah. And that's like the that's origin. delicious, too. So good. So good. So yeah. Here's my thoughts. This guy owned the French grocery store around the, around the corner. And he's like, these goddamn Italians yeah. taking everything uh-huh. over with their furry arms. And then he opened Cafe Dumas and everything was fine. Right. Yeah. It's actually fair. God, that, I want a beignet so bad. <laughs> <sighs> so yet another in a series of murders and assailant or assault, sorry, by the Axeman created sweeping fear in the city. Police were inundated? Yes. Inundated. Yes, and that's a word. Police were inundated with reports from citizens claiming to have seen an axeman lurking the neighborhoods, axes, chisels um, found in backyards, and doors and windows that appeared to have been tampered with. People began to carry loaded shotguns, nice. and family members took turns watching over their families at night. One report alleged that the axeman was masquerading as a woman. What? Yeah. Another that he had like been... Like that it was a man dressed as a woman? Yes. yes. Yeah. Or that it was a woman committing these crimes. That's what I'm asking, really. No, that it was a man dressed as a woman. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. You'd think you would notice such a thing. Meh, not New Orleans. In the mid-1900s in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. But another said that they had seen um, him leaping over a, a back fence. So. But he's pudgy, right? Like, that was one of the reports that this guy was kind of heavy Supposedly. Set. Maybe he's just got... I think it was just those girls that saw that I was able to give any sort of description because everyone else was not able to give any sort of right. I, I see. I that's the thing. I I'm a pudgy guy, and I've had to leap over a couple of fences. But by leap over a couple of fences, I mean like sashay over a fence <laughs> at waist height. So sashay. I, sure. Yeah, I love it. I'm. I'm. It's a good descriptor. I'm moderately agile for a fat kid, but at the same time, like I have trouble imagining the guy that I have in my head, which is. Which one's the fat one in Laurel and Hardy? Hardy? Sure. No, Laurel's the fat one. Uh, I don't remember. The fat one in Laurel and Hardy is who I think committed these crimes. <laughs> as as a person, like That'd that shape That'd be a bowler hat, Shelby, not yeah. a slouchy hat. 
I don't know what the hell slouch hat is. I don't either. Yeah, anyway, so that last attack was in August, and he had, I should, I don't know if I should say he, but the axe man, um, wasn't doing anything for a few months. So there wasn't any attacks until March tenth, nineteen nineteen, and. In that time period, people were just losing their shit. They're like, well, I don't know what's going to happen next. They were very afraid, even though nothing was happening for those months. Anyway. But no one caught this guy. I mean, there was no... no. I'm sure they had a few suspects they took in, question, and released. And then again, there wasn't enough but... evidence. They are like, okay, whatever. Right. I guess we'll keep looking. Um, so, Charles Cordomilogia... <laughs> that's probably so... <laughs> that's so bad. But... Wait, say that one more time. Corda Magilia. <laughs> Phalanges. Phalanges. <laughs> but he was an immigrant and grocer who lived with his wife, Rosie, and two-year-old daughter, Mary, in the town of Gretna, just across the Mississippi River from New Orleans. When screams were heard coming from their residence in the early morning hours, neighboring grocer, Lorlan... How many fucking grocers are there? There are so many grocers. Ugh. But Lorlando, <laughs> it I can't make this up. Lorlando Giordano, so Italian as fuck. Lorlando Calrissian, go on. <laughs> rushed across the street to investigate. There, he found that the three had been attacked. Rosie, who is the wife, had awakened to find her husband struggling with a large man wielding an axe. When her husband fell to the floor, the assailant turned on her as she held her daughter and begged for their lives. Undaunted, the killer slammed the axe down on both mother and daughter. So, like, the two-year-old daughter. No. I know. I know. It's got a pretty good aim. It's small kid. That's a small kid at that point. It's true. Uh, so, when the neighbor, the Lorlando. Lorlando, yeah. When he arrived, Charles lay in a pool of blood on the floor as Rosie stood in the doorway with a serious head wound clutching her deceased daughter. So at this point, <gasps> she's not dead, but her daughter is. No! Yeah. It's Eliza! Same age. Same age. R.I.P. Chipper! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, the couple was rushed to the <laughs> Shelby Studios <laughs> silent laugh. I don't even hear me like laughing at the dead baby, but that was funny. <laughs> oh god. Sorry. The couple was rushed to the hospital where both were treated for skull fractures. Charles was released two days later while his wife remained in the care of doctors. Upon gaining full consciousness, Rosie stated that the attack was made by neighboring grocer Orlando Giordano. No, Orlando! He's trying to fucking help you! <laughs> and his 18-year-old son, Frank. What? Though what Lor- kind of name is Frank if your dad's name is Lorlando? Maybe he didn't want that stupid-ass name on him. <laughs> He's like, I had, a, I had a hard time with this name. You're going to be Frank. That's what I would do. Okay. So, Lorlando was a 69-year-old man, and he was too poor of health to have committed the crimes. And Frank was too big to have fit through the panel in the back door. But in, Frank they were, Giordano? But did, did they, they were still sh- arrested. Did, did they, they try, try and wedge him through? Yeah, did they try to shove him through the panel? Is that Maybe. how they test for this back then? I don't know. Like, well, DNA evidence won't be a thing for another hundred, almost hundred years. So, I'm going to so, wedge I mean, we your fat well. body through this panel. Yeah, we're going to try to shove Frank <laughs> through guess. this panel real quick. 
So though Charles denied his wife's claims, the Giordanos were charged with the murders and would later be found guilty. Frank was sentenced to hang and his father to life in prison. I don't, I don't know why. Sure life. I guess. I don't really know either. I'm just guessing I don't know. this one. After the trial, Charles divorced his wife. About a year later, Rosie um, reversed her claim, stating that she had falsely accused the two out of jealousy and spite. Um, with her claim being the only evidence against the Giordanos, they were released from jail shortly thereafter. Well, thank God they didn't kill him. I know. I was like, he was sentenced to hang, and you just made this shit up. <sighs> so she's the axe man. Munchausen's. No. So also, no. I mean, like, so they got divorced after this? Like, was their marriage rocky enough that they were just like, I uh, guess so. I know we both had grievous head wounds, but I'm going to go ahead and, <laughs> I'm going to go try I to find. I would rather be alone than stare at your ugly mug. Right. I'm going to go try to find another woman with the grievous head wounds of my dreams. Oh, continue. So fo- following the murders, um, New Orleans was again filled with terror and once again began, began to arm themselves. The police stated that they had that they believed all of the crimes to have been committed by the same man, a bloodthirsty maniac filled with passion for human slaughter. Oh, what a profile. So here's a twist. (laughs) And by the way, he's probably a fucking grocer. Let's add that to the profile. That really could be anybody. (laughs) So then a new twist came when the Times, some magazine, some newspaper. No, say it. Please say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Pick a yoon? <laughs> what? It's so wrong. It's so wrong. Anyway. Times pick a yoon? Pick News- y- yes. Kay. I don't know. Newspaper received a taunting letter on March 14th, 1919 that promised another attack. So I talked to Shelby about this. I think he needs to read this letter <laughs> because it just needs to happen. So I'm going to give this to you, Shelby. Surrender the salad unto Caesar. <laughs> oh there it is it says right there letter in bold letters yeah man i'm fucking dumb or just drunk <sighs> Maybe. so it should be hell that's where you need yeah to i see that I, I was wondering if that was a typo but... no it that was what was so, that, so that's a location then i guess okay so the postmark yeah okay right somehow or another you got a stamp that said hell that's amazing <laughs> hell march 13th 1919 esteemed mortal They have never caught me, and they never will. They have never seen me, for I am invisible, even as the ether that surrounds your earth. I am not a human being, but a spirit and a demon from the hottest hell. See (laughs) post-stamp. I am what you Orleanians and your foolish police call the Axeman. When I see fit, I shall come and claim other victims. I alone know whom they shall be. I shall leave no clue except my bloody axe, besmeared with blood and brains of he whom I have sent below to keep me company. I think that the double blood there is a little redundant. It's kind of true. It's trite. I would say trite. Continue. You're trite. Your mom's trite. Thanks. (laughs) If you wish, you may tell the police to be careful not to rile me. Of course, I am a reasonable spirit. I take no offense at the way they have conducted their investigations in the past. In fact, they have been so utterly stupid as to not only amuse me, but his satanic majesty, Francis Joseph, etc., whoever the hell that is. <laughs> Lucifer? Are we talking about Lucifer? I don't know. Yeah, Francis Joseph Lucifer the Fourth. obviously, <laughs> is who we're talking about here. We're talking about the Pope, Jennifer. <laughs> right. The Pope. Right. But tell them to beware. Let them not try to discover what I am. 
for it was better that they were never born than to incur the wrath of the Axeman. I don't know, or I'm sorry, I don't think there is any need of such a warning, for I feel sure the police will always dodge me, as they have in the past. They are wise and know how to keep away from all harm. Undoubtedly, you Orleanians think of me as a most horrible murderer, which I am, but I could be much worse if I wanted to. If I wished, I could pay you a visit to your city every night. Ooh. At will, I could slay thousands of your best citizens, for I am in close relationship with the Angel of Death. I feel like he's just bragging on himself. I'm kind of a bit... He's, like, name-dropping. Yeah, that's all he's doing. Right. You've got Lucifer. <laughs> you've got the Angel of Death. The Pope. Francis Joseph. <laughs> right. Whoever that is. Now, to be exact, at 12.15, earthly time, in parentheses, yes. by the way... <laughs> Just so that's Not clear. Not hell time. Right yes. time's different. He, he definitely wrote that time first, and he's just like, oh, this would be way cooler. <laughs> On next Tuesday night, March 19th, 1919, again in parentheses. Still in <laughs> I'm going to pass over New Orleans. In my infinite mercy, I'm going to make a little proposition to you people. Here it is, colon. I am very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full swing at the time I have just mentioned. The devils in my nether regions also really like jazz. Just saying. Oh, really? My nether regions no. especially like jazz. <laughs> if everyone has a jazz band going, well, then so much better for you people. One thing is certain, and that is that some of your people who do not have jazz... who I'm sorry, who do not jazz it... <laughs> This guy is not from the underworld. That is ridiculous. On Tuesday night, in parentheses, if there be any, we'll get the axe. Sorry, if there be any close parentheses, we'll get the axe. Wait. <laughs> Hold on. If they're not Never if they're mind. not playing jazz those, okay. those who do not jazz it, open parentheses, if, <laughs> if there, there be, be any, <laughs> close parentheses, we'll get the axe. <laughs> I like this guy. He's such a good writer. I know. I, yeah, it's pretty good. I just love the term jazz it. <laughs> Well, as I am cold and crave the warmth of my native Tartarus. No, oh, Jesus, tits. <laughs> and it's about time I leave your earthly home. I will cease my discourse. Hoping that thou wilt publish this, that it may go well with thee. I have been, am, and will be the worst spirit that ever existed, either in fact or realm of fancy. So now I'm confused. Um, with this letter that I just so... Eloquently. Eloquently put yes. forth to to the webs. So, so what happened? I don't even know the right way to ask this question. So, how many people are in a jazz band? I don't know. Okay, let's go with four. Sure. Just as a number. Sure. What happens in their four houses? What if do you it, mean? If there's nothing going on and the lights are off, is he going to go in and check on them? Like, could you just turn your lights off and go to bed early that night? Well, no, they, you have to be playing jazz music. Like records, even. Jazz records. No, it says a jazz band in full swing. But really, it just has to be at 12.15, because that's whenever he's going to come by. So turn your lights off and go fuck to bed. No, but then if you don't, like, even if you're asleep, he's going to attack you, is what he's saying. Okay, but there are four guys. <laughs> and Okay, let's say one... He is one, getting riled. No, nah. one house. There are four guys playing jazz music in that house now, because these these people that have money hired them to come sure. play so that they could not get axed. Uh-huh. Right. So they were jazzing it up hard or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those four guys have families well, they in can houses play across records. the city. They can play jazz records. I hear jazz band in full swing. I think jazz band in full swing. <gasps> in, in Covenant, or Coven, it could be records. 
And Ryan Murphy knows his shit. Yeah, I'm sorry to question Ryan Murphy and everything, but I just read the letter. That myself, is true. So. It does say jazz bands. I don't know. So I'm saying for every jazz band yeah. hired out, there are four dudes that are not home with their families at that point. That's true. That's Maybe everybody's rude. going and seeing them. Mm. Like, well, Daddy's at a at a party, so Mama's gonna take the babies to the jazz club. Yeah, maybe get them liquored up, have them sleep on the floor. I don't know. I got nothing. But anyway, anywho, anywho, per the killer's statements that no one listening to jazz on March nineteenth would get the axe, the music flowed from homes across much of the city. Dance halls were filled to capacity, and professional and amateur bands played jazz at parties at hundreds of houses around town and no one was killed boom shelby there you go you said like you proved me wrong i got like, nothing. Yeah, yeah. there's still a lot of empty houses in the situation people are at jazz clubs those are empty houses well he probably just went people into an are... empty house right and then he got discouraged after the 10th empty house and goes wow i didn't think this through <laughs> yes. i guess they all went to the party yeah for several weeks things were quiet but people still lived in fear on august 10th 1919 another grocer named steve boca was atta- was attacked in his bedroom as he slept. Boca Bo- means mouth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. And he's a grocer. Yeah, he's a fucking grocer. Like all these motherfuckers. <laughs> anyway, Boca awoke during the night to find a dark figure looming over his bed. Suffering from a blow with an axe, he survived, and upon regaining consciousness, he ran to the home of his neighbor, Frank Genesu... Genusa? Mm. <laughs> Genusa. The, the face that you make Genusa. after you mispronounce a word. <laughs> You're like, so sad. It's Genusa. Genusa. <laughs> <laughs> Where he lost consciousness and collapsed. He was then treated for his injuries, but was unable to remember the details of the attack. Like others who had been assaulted by the Axemen, nothing was taken from his home, and a panel of the back door of the home had been chiseled away. Okay. Yes. On September 2nd, a local druggist, which is just a drugstore Like a pharmacist? Operator, yeah. Named William Carson. Which is like a grocery store back in the day. All right. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But William Carson escaped the lethal axeman when he fired several shots at an intruder who had broken into his home. The killer left a broken door and an axe behind. So I guess that's the really the only reason why they're lumping these. Well, they're in pretty with sure that. it's the same guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. On September third, so the next day, a young girl named Sarah Lumen was attacked with an axe when she slept in her locked and shuttered home. When neighbors came to check on the young woman who had lived alone, they discovered her lying unconscious on her bed, suffering from a severe head injury and missing several teeth. Jesus. Though she suffered from a brain concussion, she recovered. A bloody axe was discovered on the front lawn of the building. Hmm. So once again, New Orleans was in a state of hysteria. But nothing more would be heard from the Axeman for nearly two months. The last attack came on October 27, 1919, when grocer Mike Pepitone was murdered. That night, his wife heard a noise and arrived at the door of the bedroom just as a large axe-wielding man was fleeing the scene. Pepitone had been struck in the head and was covered with his own blood. His murderer left his wife and six children behind. Why are you having six children? Because you're That's an too many. Italian Catholic. You gotta run a grocery store, man. Right. Yeah. You have to have workers. Yeah. Yes. Right. Obviously. You gotta have a stock boy and a butcher. 
cashier probably a candlestick maker butcher baker candlestick. right obviously that's okay. job um mrs pepitone the mother of six children was unable to describe any characteristics of the killer the usual clues have been left behind the authorities continued to work on the case but it it would be in vain Pepitone's murder was the last known of the Axeman killer. He was never seen or heard from in New Orleans again. Huh. So that's cool. But we have theories, guys. Theories? So more than a year after the Axeman's final appearance, a former New Orleans man named Joseph Mumphrey was shot to death on the Pacific coast. He had been killed by a woman named Esther Albino. Albino? Sorry, Albino. Esther um, Albino, got it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Esther Albino, who was later discovered to be the widow of the Axeman's last victim, Mike Pepitone. Why they don't have the last same last name, I don't know. Remarried, remarried but she maybe remarried she remarried. Or, she, yeah. she either got remarried or took her maiden name back. Maybe. I mean. So the police began um, working to try and untangle the mystery that probably linked Mumphrey's murder to the Axeman's case. Some curious coincidences were revealed during the investigation. Mumphrey had been once been the leader of a band of blackmailers in New Orleans who had been preying on Italians. He had also been, for a separate matter, sent to prison just after the first axe murders in 1911. In 1918. Okay. In the summer of 1918, he was paroled at the same time the axemen appeared again. Immediately after the Pepitone murder, Mumphrey had left New Orleans for the coast, and strangely, the Axeman had vanished as well. In spite of this, there was no actual evidence to link him to any of the crimes. So, just a theory. Hmm. And that's it, guys. It kind of makes me sad that they didn't catch him. Yeah. But he ended up killing six people and injuring 12 people. Okay. It seems like he did a lot more injuring than he did killing yeah. anybody, which is, again, surprising given that axe to the face. Yeah. Hey, man, the Unabomber hurt way more people than he actually killed. It's true. And he used bombs. I also think it's hilarious that he um, went in and used their own uh, axes and weapons against them that was in their house. Where, where do you find them? Guys, I, I don't, don't think I have an axe. Does every I have house... a tomahawk. That's, that's because a you're a issue. fucking weirdo. No, it's because my dad got it for me. <laughs> I didn't ask for it, guys. So does every does every house in New Orleans have an axe closet? That I, I guess. Didn't know I, don't, I don't know. Back, Maybe. I mean, back then they probably did. Yeah, like a shed that would have. But it also, or like, there aren't that many like trees and stuff in New Orleans. Right. What the fuck you need an axe for? I don't know. Murder. Murder, as it turns Murder. out. So everybody's the axe man. I'm so the axe man. The you're axe the axe man. man. Or You're maybe it's a demon, man. like it, like the letter said. It's probably a demon. Demons don't write letters. That's um, not true. Annabelle wrote a letter. Did, That's true. Did she put the return address as hell? She would if she knew Fucking where she was from. Cheesy as shit. That is pretty cheesy. <laughs> Trite, like I said. So, yeah. Excellent. Well, Jennifer, that was weird and terrifying. Yeah. And it makes me really want to go to New Orleans in the fall. So I love New Orleans. Yeah. It's my fave. But I've never been in the fall. I'd like to go. I'll let you know how it is. Cool. Cool. All right, guys. Well, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about Jennifer's story of the Axemen or our, uh, you know, love of Italian grocers, let us know. Uh, you can always hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or email us at queencitycreeps at gmail.com. We hope you enjoyed the show. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.